And so she just told me like, you can choose purity now. And I was like, what? What do you mean? I love Jesus, but that one area of my life will never be redeemed because it's too far gone. Like there's just no way that that area of my life can be redeemed. That's just what I thought. And she told me, she's like, that's not true. You can choose purity now because Jesus has redeemed your whole life, every piece of it. You get, you get to walk in that freedom. Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday women share stories of hope found in Jesus. I'm Robin, and I'm here with Katie and Lindy, and we are your podcast hosts. And we are so excited about really this whole month. Because this past summer, we did a survey with all of you and said, what stories do y'all want to hear? What would encourage you? What would bring you hope? And one of the top answers was overcoming your past and dealing with shame. And y'all, it's crazy how God continues to do this. He's done it for (laughs) years. He gives us stories in clumps Mm -hmm. sometimes. And this was one of those that story after story that has come in this fall has been on overcoming your Mm -hmm. past and shame. And so we are doing a three-part series. And I think this might be the first time we've ever done that. So for the next three weeks, we are going to be doing three different stories on overcoming your past. And today we are thrilled to bring you Grace Monroe, who just recently graduated from Ole Miss, and she shared back at the Ole Miss campus. I love the uniqueness of this story, first of all, because we've never had a storyteller speak at a university campus, which was awesome. And one of the things that I'm so excited about with this series is we're having a 20, like a 20 something, tell her story, somebody in their later 30s, tell her story, and then somebody in their 50s telling their story. And what it tells me is that it doesn't matter what age you are, we're still trying to let go of past regrets and the shame that we're carrying with that. So anyway, as you hear Grace's story, you know, she just is so bubbly. And I I really relate to her story on so many levels. I can't wait to discuss it at the end. One thing I wanted to remind you guys is as you listen to her story, when she ends it, Don't turn it off because there are questions that are asked by the girls that are in the room. It's just so powerful. For me, it was almost just a little bit of a window into what a college girl is walking through right now, the struggles that she's walking through. So you want to listen to that. And I'm going to guarantee that you have a college girl that you want to send this story on to. So I'm excited for you to hear her story. Here's Grace. Before we get to Grace's story, one thing we wanted to tell you is she talks at the end during the questions that you mentioned about joining a small group. And now is the time to start planning for small groups for January for 2023 already. If you're interested in a Bible study that's really perfect for a small group, check out When God Shows Up, Stories of Freedom. Grace's story is a lot about finding freedom in in Christ and overcoming shame. And that is what this Bible study focuses on. And so go to storytellerslive.org and order When God Shows Up today. Also, we have a great announcement. Our sweatshirts are now shipping. They are so comfortable. (laughs) They're kind of the ones that they don't bind at the bottom. So they're Mm -hmm. like this big, oversized, very comfortable sweatshirt. We have it in cream or gray. Storytellers Live logo across the front. Please order it, y'all. It supports our ministry and you will love it. Go to storytellerslive.org and order it today. Here's Grace. Hey, y'all. So like, 
Catherine said, my name's Grace, and I'm from Ocean Springs, Mississippi, so that's the very bottom of Mississippi, and um, I came to Ole Miss for four years, and then I now live in Jackson, um, but Ocean Springs, if you've ever been, is very, has like a lot of seafood and fun, it's very like kind of an arts town, and um, it's kind of like the, the coast Oxford, I would say, and so um, I grew up there, and, um, and I loved it, and I was super plugged in um, to my school, and so I was just the, the really good kid, quote unquote good kid. I was on our dance team. I had really good grades. I was involved in any club you can imagine. And so that was just that was just kind of what I did. And so but for my for my family, uh, for my family background, we didn't really go to church much. And so spiritual life wasn't an important value in our family. We, I grew up Catholic, and so um, we went to church maybe for like Christmas and Easter, but that was pretty much about it. And so um, it just wasn't a value in our home. And so uh, when I, uh, in the eighth grade, my parents divorced, and um, that was just really, really hard for my family. I was kind of put in the middle. I'm the oldest child, so I was put in the middle and um, kind of had to be the mediator between my parents when it came to money and finances. And, and of course, like when your parents get divorced or something big happens in your life, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. And so uh, there were people in my community that they knew about it. And so there was kind of gossip going around. It was really messy. And so I was kind of hit from all sides. And so um, my dad remarried. And so there were some challenges there of trying to blend a family. Um, my mom started dating, and that, that was difficult, and, um, and she was trying to, trying to work hard to make sure that my sister and I had everything that we wanted and we needed. The only safe places I had were my dance studio and schoolwork. <laughs> that was, that, those were my safe places um, in high school. And I really had this constant need just to make sure um, everybody knew that I had it all together. <laughs> I mean, that was what I needed everybody to know. And so um, in 10th grade, I won, I was asked if I could do a pageant. Like, hey, would you be interested? And um, I was kind of like, uh, I've never done pageants before, but I mean, sure, I'll try it out. My mom's done it. We'll see. So I competed for two years in Miss Mississippi's Outstanding Teen. And so it's kind of like the sister pageant to Miss Mississippi. My second year, I won that pageant. And so that was an incredible experience. I mean, I had, it was awesome. It completely changed my life. And that night that I won, I met a woman named Debbie Freeman. And so with a crown on my head, she came to me and she was like, um, you are so special. And like, I'm so excited that we were placed together. And I didn't know what she meant by that because I was like placed together for a while. Like I didn't know what she meant, um, but I would be traveling a lot from the coast to Vicksburg um, just to do things for pageants, for pageant duties. And so um, I got to really know the Freeman family. And um, so Miss Debbie just would stay up super late with me in, um, in our chairs, and we would talk about her life and about Jesus. And, and so she kind of shared with me her story and how she came to know Jesus when she was really, really young. She said, I was saved. And again, I didn't grow up in church, so I was like, saved from what? Like, I, I had no concept of what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus. She just continued to share with me and share how Jesus had changed her life. But also she would share about how she had really struggled at Ole Miss. And um, she said, you know, I, my daughters went there, my parents went there, I went there, but I had Jesus while I was there, and I want that for you too. And so as I was getting to know this family, they became my new safe space where I could really share what was going on in my family and what was going on in my life. And um, 
After getting to know them for about a year, it came time for me to give up my crown and give it to somebody else, which I really didn't want to do. So they gave me a devotional book, which I brought with me today, and a Bible. And Miss Debbie just said, Grace, I just want you to read every night before you go to bed. I know you don't know where the verses are. I know you don't know what it looks like to read your Bible every day, but I want you to try. And so for about a month, that's what I would do. And I just read every day. And so after a month of that, I was driving in my car one day, and I just had a really bad day with my family and drama and just not really wanting to keep doing what I was doing. And so the summer before college, I gave my life to Christ in my car, and I just cried out to God, and I just said, God, I just want you to be in control of my life. Like, I want you um, to be with me. I don't want to experience college without you. Like, I need you to take everything off of my shoulders and, and carry it for me. And so, I mean, like, cried in my car, wept, and there's just a huge relief, and I knew that I was saved. And so I called Miss Debbie that night. I was like, Miss Debbie, uh, I think I did that thing that you talked about. Like, I think I'm saved. Like, I'm not really sure. And, um, and so she told me, she said, go open up your Bible to John 3, 16 and 17. And where it says, the world put your name. And so she said, for God so loved grace that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And so June 23rd, 2015, I gave my life to Christ in my car and I was saved. And so other than Miss Debbie, no one knew about that moment in my car. I didn't tell my mom, I didn't tell my dad, or literally anybody else for that matter. So remember how I told you I didn't grow up in church? Okay, so I had no model of what it looked like to walk with Jesus, to, to have a faith, faith journey except for the Freemans. And so they were my first real model of stability, and I had no friends that were believers. And so where I grew up, you didn't talk about faith or being a believer. You just slapped the words, I'm a Christian, and kept moving on with whatever you wanted to do. And so God knew that this stubborn girl from the coast and a baby Christian needed a believer as a friend. And so he put Neely Walker, she's now a painter, um, in my life. And so I met Neely in high school, and I will cry, so I'm just letting y'all know. Um, I met Neely in high school through a leadership organization, and she's actually from the coast as well. And so through that time, we decided to be roommates. We hadn't decided what school yet, and so I remember her calling me and saying, uh, she was like, I went to Mississippi State, and that place is not for me. And so I said, I said okay. I was like, good. What you want to do? We're going to Ole Miss. It sounds good. I'll be there. And so um, in August of 2015, we moved into Martin 508, where my Martin people at. Yep. Oh, yeah. Moved into Martin 508. And so through our freshman year, Neely was truly the kindest friend to me. So she would leave me notes to encourage me on a test. She would share with me who Louis Giglio was because I got no clue who that is, okay? And um, Passion City Church, like I didn't know about that. Um, I would read, she reads truth things that would come into my email. And um, so she would correct me when I would say Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wrong, okay? Like she'd be like, that's actually how you say it. So kindly though. And um, so we would read our devotionals and our beds together. And so, um, and even like the Wednesday night of recruitment, I know it's different now, but we would, we were, we couldn't talk about recruitment. You weren't supposed to talk about it. And so, of course, it's the only thing going through your mind, you know, but you're, it's like the dead night or whatever. You don't talk about it. 
And so I remember we were sitting in our beds, and we were, I was like, which, which one do you like? And she was like, well, I think I like KD, you know? What about you? And we just kind of, like, looked at each other. I was like, I think me too. And right before we got in the bed, we looked at each other, and we're like, we're going KD together. Turn the light off and just, like, whoop, got in our beds, you know what I mean? Like, that was just, we were doing it. We were going together. But, I mean, we would watch The Bachelorette together on Monday nights. She would pray with me about my family dynamics, and um, she was just always there encouraging me and lifting me up. Through that year, Neely just continuously lived her life for Christ, not for show, not with judgment. She just kept just loving me right in the middle of my mess. One night, I had gone out partying and stayed at a frat house until about 5 a.m., and I actually had to walk back from the frat houses um, to our dorm. And I remember thinking as I was walking back, and just like feeling so much guilt and shame that like I have to sneak in our dorm without Neely knowing. And I walked in and Neely had left the light on for me. I just looked at her laying in her bed and I thought, God, why am I not in my bed too? Like, why am I not asleep like Neely is? But just covered in guilt and shame and embarrassment, like I just knew I didn't want to continue living the life that I was, but it's kind of like, how do, how do I get out? Like, how do I get out of that? And how do I tell her, like, what I'm doing? And so spring semester, uh, I started dating a guy, and I truly didn't know what it meant to live a life with Jesus and date with Jesus in the center, okay? I had no idea, but I was trying. I was trying to do that with this guy, I and mean, he just kept pushing boundaries physically and, and did not want to be pure in our relationship. And so after several conversations, I mean, it was just stirring in me that this was not, not it. So Valentine's Day, I went to church. It was on Sunday that year, okay? Of course, the message is about relationships and purity, okay? And so I remember God just speaking to me, and I went down and talked to a spiritual counselor. And I kind of shared my story about what was going on with this guy. And so they just looked at me, and they are like, if you're not on the same page, then you just need to break up. I mean, it's just simple as that. And that was a mind-blowing concept to me. I mean, I just... I just didn't understand, like, oh, really? Like, I don't have to keep, keep doing this? Like, I don't have to keep doing that? Like, everyone hooks up with their boyfriend. Like, that's just what you do. Even if you don't talk about it and you don't want to, like, it is what it is. So just suck it up. Just do it. Like, that's the cards that a woman's been dealt. It's pretty much was my mindset. My mindset. And so from that conversation, I was convicted. I broke up with that guy um, that afternoon of Valentine's Day. So I was like labeled heartless forever. Uh, but I did. I was just so like that is just what has to happen right now in this moment. And so Neely held me accountable to that decision, though. Um, she, would, uh, she would just show me Ben Stewart talks, like when he was just becoming the thing, you know, okay? We were watching that online together. Um, she would tell me, like, not to text him back when he was blowing me up, you know, trying to ask me back. And um, she just truly modeled what it looked like to someone, to love someone without judgment, and even in their jacked up mess. So she knew it was God's best for me, and that guy, nor a drink, was God's best. And God placed Neely in my life for a reason. She was really the one person who wanted more for me. And in all of those sweet moments, though, I want y'all to know my internal struggle. Like, looking back on it now, I can say how sweet all of that was. I mean, leaving the light on just all of that. But in that moment, as Neely was saying that, I took it as judgment. I would say, instead of her holding me accountable, where she would say, remember why you shouldn't text him? Or, Grace, you deserve more than that. All I could think to myself is, oh, like, why are you judging me? I'm in college. Leave me alone. Like, like let me make my own decisions. But in my core, I knew she was right. I knew she knew what was God's best for me. 
And so um, it was just hard. It was hard to get out of that mindset. I grew up on the coast, like I said, so Mardi Gras was just big. And that's, I mean, people drank all the time. That's just what you do. It's even encouraged by friends. Hook up with who you want. It's just, you just do that. And that was the same in Oxford, too. One day I met with a mentor of mine, and I opened up with, like, my struggle with boys to her. And uh, don't ask me how I did that because it was, like, totally by the grace of God. Like, that's just hard to talk about. And so I did, and so she just told me, like, you can choose purity now. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Like, that's, I love Jesus, but that one area of my life will never be redeemed because it's too far gone. Like, there's just no way that that area of my life can be redeemed. That's just what I thought. And she told me, she's like, that's not true. You can choose purity now because Jesus has redeemed your whole life, every piece of it. You get, you get to walk in that freedom. And so she told me to write down on a piece of paper, every boy I liked, kissed, anything, every single name on that piece of paper. And then she told me to write a Bible verse over that, those names over and over and over again until I couldn't see those names anymore. And I was sitting in Hooper Hollow on my little swing and um, sitting there. And that's where I was like, okay, God, like, I give all this to you. And Jesus covers all of that sin. And I don't have to walk in that anymore. And so it was super freeing and eye-opening that I didn't have to do that anymore. And so, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Because through Christ, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. And so in this moment of my story, Neely saw more, desired more for me. Um, and slowly but surely, I was seeing it for myself. Yes, from her friendship, but also through just God's word and through my time at church and through my small group. And so a verse that just stuck out was, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I didn't know how broken my life was until I accepted Christ. And until other people were showing me the way. And so I realized he had so much deep care and love for me. And in the places I was seeking that, I didn't, I didn't have to anymore. So I, in KD, I met several people, of course, and made tons of friendships. And um, through Theta Encore, that was my favorite, loved it. Um, and so I was encouraged by a friend to try out for Rebelettes. And so I endured the tryout process. It was really hard. And I met a girl through the process named Trish. And... I, when I met her, I was like, we will never be friends. I don't know if you've met somebody so far, but you meet somebody, and you're like, we will never be friends. I mean, she was tall, dark hair, cussed like a sailor, and I was like, you know what? I just cannot. I just cannot with you. And so, um, but it turns out God had something different, and uh, we had classes together. We had the same major. We worked out together. We studied together. We texted about assignments. So naturally, if you're with somebody that long, you become pretty close. So one time, or Trish and I were talking about sitting in class. Trish and I were sitting in class, and uh, she asked me my plans for Valentine's Day. And I kind of shared with her at the time that I was dating somebody, and we're going to get dinner and do something. And uh, so she kind of was like, y'all are not going to have, y'all are not going to have sex. I said, no, Trish, we're not. We're not going to have sex. And so she was just really confused by that. Like, why? That's weird. Like, I don't really understand. And so it was really kind of awkward, but it was fine. I just was able to share, you know, we love Jesus, and so we want to walk in that. And so that's what we're going to do. And so it was fine. It was just a conversation. She was just confused, and it was, okay, we moved on. And so then Trish would call me to pick her up from bars or pick her up from frat houses, and 
I would gladly do so because I just I just loved her. I just thought she was awesome and uh, she was honest. And so we were in the car a few times and she would just cry and say, just why do I why do I do this? Why do I drink? Why do I why do I do drugs? Like why do I even do this? Like I don't under I don't understand. And so I caught myself saying the same things that Neely would say to me, and I would just tell her, you don't have to do that. You know, you can live in freedom. You don't have to. You don't have to text him back. You don't have to go to that bar. You don't have to be with that friend. You deserve more than that. And so uh, Trish wasn't my charity case. I wasn't trying to be her savior. I just, I just cared a lot about her, and I wanted more for her. And that's exactly what Neely wanted for me. She wanted what God wanted. And so Trish became one of my best friends. We did life together. She truly helped me live out my faith. She held me accountable to the things I said to her. Um, and shared with her. I mean, I had to walk out my faith with her, and uh, we just did it together. She sharpened me with the questions that she asked and what she wanted to know, and so she now walks with Jesus. She started walking with Jesus her senior year. She now has a small group, and she's in a relationship, and just they follow Jesus, but it was just, it was just a sweet time for us to do that together, and uh, so from that time, I wasn't perfect, okay, in, in boundaries of drinking, um, in physical boundaries, but I was on a journey with Jesus, and I still am. And I would have told you back then that all my past mistakes and failures disqualified me to share Jesus with others. Uh, my senior year of college, through serving at church, God called me to ministry. And uh, if you would have told a freshman girl, Grace, that she would be on staff at a church, I would have thought you were insane. Okay, I would have laughed in your face. I would have been like, what do you mean by that? But now I get the opportunity just to lead fifth and sixth graders in Jackson to Jesus. And that's just mind-blowing. I mean, it is honestly just sitting here. It's really a surreal, surreal moment for me because uh, that's just not where I was. I'm also recently engaged, which is also crazy. Uh, and I can, uh, this really is insane. And so, um, but I can say honestly that we've remained pure and it hasn't been easy, but it's a choice that we firmly made together. And it wasn't to follow a religion, um, but it was to live out God's best and to walk in his blessing. Uh, no questions asked. Back then, I was incredibly r just riddled with shame over the things that I've done. And, the, um, and honestly, the enemy even tried to make me feel some shame preparing for this message, for this story, to, to talk about what God's done in my life. Uh, he, he really did. And so, but, the, but just God reminded me that he put me at Ole Miss. I wouldn't be the person I am today without those pieces of my story and people in my story. And God has even placed y'all here and me here at DG today to share this story and maybe shield you from my heartaches or to help bring your shame or your things that you've been walking in the dark to light. Just a verse that has been with me is, the Lord your God is in your midst, mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. And... That verse alone is that, rejoice over me with gladness. Wow. So this isn't a conversation of get your act together <laughs> um, or the do's and don'ts of a religion. This is a conversation of walking in freedom, peace, the fullness of joy, redemption, and everything Christ has to offer. So maybe you're like Neely, or maybe you're like me, or maybe you're like Trish. Um, whether Ole Miss was your first choice or your last, God placed each of you here for a reason, and uh, he is so much more for you than what this world ever has to offer. 
And so uh, that's my story, some pieces of it and a lot of it. And But at this time, like, if y'all have questions, that we're going to open, like, if you have questions, and uh, I'd love to answer them. And so I'm going to, like, close this. And so I'll probably repeat back just for the podcast if you have a question. But I'd love to answer. Seriously, anything is open, whatever you would like. Okay, this question was, what would you say to somebody that doesn't have a Neely in their life right now um, but wants to find one? It's a good question. Uh, I would say small group. (laughs) Um, I would say small group. I would say there are different campus ministries and there is church. Um, This is not a plug for Pine Lake Church, but obviously I'm on staff at Pine Lake Church. And and Pine Lake was a huge piece in my story. Um, Campus Crusade was a huge piece of my story. That was a mentor that I was talking about earlier, Kitty. she was one of the people that sat there. Allison Schmelzer, Jody's wife, another mentor that sat there and said, girl, what you doing? And so um, so I would say community. Who, who are your five people? If you can show me who your five people are, I can show you what your life's going to look like. And so um, who are they? And uh, that would be my, my high, my key priority would be small group uh, and finding, finding that nearly who is walking with Jesus that you're like, wow, I want what she has. That would be my answer. Yes. Go for it. How have you, like, walked through hard things in your family? Yeah. Like, does that have any effect with, like, you in college? Like, I have a very similar story. Yes. Yes. Huge piece. Yeah. So in college, you have to name what's going on in your family. And so I'm not put blame on your parents, but name what what's happening. And so um, right now in my current situation, and I'll just be honest, um, I don't have a relationship with my mom. And my dad is really like the sole person. But when I entered college, dad was nowhere to be found. And so, um, but the mindset of what they taught me growing up, even just about drinking, about boys, about image, like you got to be a certain way. I mean, that, that fed a lot of college. And then you're dealing with, if you don't have somebody to share what's going on at home, I mean, it's just going to blow up everywhere. And so if you don't have a person like Neely who would grab my hands and let, Lord, we're going to pray on the dorm floor in the, on the carpet right now about your dad. Um, like that's what she did with me. And so, um, prayer, praying with those people, but it, it impacted me a lot. I started going to counseling when I left college, wish I would have started going a long time ago. And so, um, there's just been a lot of fruit and redemption from that, but it impacted my college years like crazy. So yes. Does that answer your question? Okay. Counseling would be my first thing. And then who are you going to share? Hey, this is legit what's going on in my world. Um, Marguerite was another person that just, I would weep on her bed, and she would just rub my back. And she was my friend that was just real calm. You know, you just spend time with her, you're like, ooh, you are just like, peace right now. So she would just rub my back, and she would say, I'm so sorry. Like, this is not the way that it's supposed to be. And that was freeing to me because that's all I ever knew. Um, so, yeah, who are your people? Good, good questions. We can talk more later, too. <laughs> yes, um, one of my questions would be, when the crowd is very clearly going one direction yeah. and you know that Jesus is leading you in another, how do you actively walk out being different without yeah. casting shame or feeling like you're now like an isolated person and you're having to leave all of your friends? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Trish was a prime example of all of her people were in the opposite direction. But she was involved in Rebelettes where some of those girls were going in the Jesus direction. And so she would call me and she would say, hey, I don't want to go out. Can I come to, can we, 
play a game? Can we go do go to the movies? Can we just do anything else besides what everybody else is doing? Um, and so, yeah, it's it's hard. It's not easy. Like, it's not easy at all. Um, but that's what God calls us to. And then in the midst of that, we get to love the people that we love so dearly to pick them up and to care for them. And it's going to feel like judgment. I mean, I told y'all, like, with Neely, like, it felt like judgment. Like, she's being a jerk to me. But she wasn't. I mean, she just was being like, hey, like, I, God wants more for you. And I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my brain around it. So that caused some tension between us, like, for sure, where I just wanted her to leave me alone. But then I would come back to the Father. I would sit down. I would read my devotional, be like, oh, yeah, she's right. You know, like, I need this little Jesus calling book that I had. You know, let me just open back up to whatever day it is. And let me just sit here and read this scripture. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's not what God has. So just continually to submit to the Father, um, his plan for you. And that was that. And the people doing it with you. It's hard doing it by yourself. And you've got mentors, too. I mean, I know Maisie's in the room, Kat, and there, I know there's Kitty, there's Kiana, there's all these people, like, there are people that want, that want to love you, that want to welcome you in your home, and, like, they want to go on a walk with you. I mean, Allison will walk circles around this place, you know, and so, like, I mean, those, there are women that want to do that with you, too, that you don't have to do it by yourself. Yes? Grace, what advice would you give to somebody that, like, you've done relationship the wrong way, and then yeah. you decide, hey, I want to do it God's way now, but, like, I mean, just to be honest, like, my body is used to doing it the wrong way. So yeah. Yeah. So the question was, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't repeat her question earlier. Whoops. Sorry. Um, so the first, I was like, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, the question was, um, how do you submit your, if you have done relationships the wrong way, how do you submit and change it to the right way? Um, going back to naming. Uh, if you're not honest about that with somebody, then they're not going to hold, like, then you can just keep doing whatever you're doing. You know, like if you're not being honest about that, First and foremost, and that is the scariest part. <laughs> that is for sure. Being vulnerable about your sin and bringing it forward to somebody is so incredibly scary. And so that would be the first step <laughs> because if you're just going to try to do it on your own, you will fail. And I did that for a long time. I tried to do it on my own and failed until I finally brought it to Kitty and said, what am I going to do about this? Because I'm feeling all the shame, but I don't know how to get out of it. And that's exactly where the enemy wants to leave you is in your shame of just, just sit right here and you're just going to keep doing it and you don't know why. And so how do you get out? And so just being very honest and real with somebody about what's actually going on. You ain't got to get detail by detail, but I mean, just be honest. And then from there, then they're able to hold you accountable of like and checking in with you. But you got to allow that person to do that too. And so um, now when it comes to physical boundaries, who is in the room? My, um, If you're hanging out with a boy, if y'all are in the car, I mean, we can get to all that. But you know what I'm saying? Like y'all are going to Sonic, that's one thing. But if you're at the apartment by yourself, that can't happen. So like our roommates, we'd have all of our doors open at Hooper Hollow. I mean, just everybody's doors were open. And it was just the, when Marguerite would have somebody over, hey, all the doors are open. You know, I mean, we just had a very open conversation in our house of, hey, like this is going to be a house of the Lord. And so we want to have, we want it to be a pure place. And so that's what we did. Um, so having people hold you accountable, those kinds of boundaries, like thinking through it. Because if you're used to doing what you've previously done, you're going to hide it and just keep doing what you've always done. But if you open it up and you hold those boundaries, or even now, got to leave that door open, <laughs> you know, or be around in the living room with people, be in the room with people, that's, um, that's kind of some boundaries to put in place. Group settings are always key. And I know you want to talk and do all the things, I know. But Sonic is fine. A car is fine. You know, like, you ain't got to be in the bed behind a closed door. Like, we can Netflix and hang out in the, in the 
living room. So that sound like a mom, but that's just the truth. I mean, that's, I mean, I mean, that's just the truth. Like, I mean, I'm engaging, like, that's a for real life thing. Like we have to, you know, sit on the couch and leave the curtains open at the windows. And yeah, I mean, just like things like that, you have to think through, um, you know, so that you're being held accountable. So honesty, accountability, and real life boundaries. How are you going to do this? Um, that was kind of where we were at. Um, yeah. Come on, Kat. Uh, what would you say to someone who is shouldering sin and shame and they're surrounded by people who probably are not their people, but they, yeah. they need to share that? How would you tell them to figure out who to share that with? Yeah. Uh, pray. I first pray about it. Yeah, and bring that to bring to the Lord first. If you're, if you're holding it in, he already knows. Like, he was already there when you were doing it, whatever you were doing. Um, he's with you and he loves you and he cares about you. He rejoices over you with gladness. And if that doesn't ring true to you, then, then you got to start there. Like what is God's, God loves me and he cares about me and he doesn't want me to be here. And so, so starting there of like sitting in, where's my identity with the father? And this doesn't align. Um, that would be the first thing because that shame is not from the Lord. Shame doesn't come from the Lord. Shame comes from the enemy. And so starting there would be the, the starting point and ask God, who do you want to share? I didn't feel comfortable at first sharing with Neely. I didn't because she was trying to hold me accountable. She knew what was going on. Come on. But like she was trying to hold me accountable, but I felt like she was judging me. So I didn't go to her, uh, but I went to Kitty. And because Kitty was an adult woman that I was like, I like you and you seem cool and I'm going to try, you know. And so, like, that was kind of where I landed with her. Um, but I didn't feel like at first, and Neely was a person that loved me so much. But Neely also had never struggled with any of the things I would struggled with before. So it was hard for me to bring, like, hey, I'm really struggling with this because I didn't know what she was going to say. So anyway, so bringing it to Kitty, I, I was able just to open up to her. And so just praying about it. And then also, if you feel like in your circle, I can't talk to this person. And that's okay too, but if God's putting that on your heart, then you you got you got to find somebody. But He's going to bring that person. Whether you're sitting down with Maisie, whether you're sitting down with you know Kiana, whether you're sitting down with somebody, eventually it may come up. But you 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 will probably have to bring it up, you know. <laughs> so um, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Trish. Yes. 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 So she's asking how how do you live out your life with um, if somebody's walking the opposite way and you see that in them? How do you walk that out with them without judging them? So is that did I sum that up? Okay. Uh, so with Trish, she's just awesome. Okay. Like I just love her so much and she's so funny. And so we were friends y'all like we were friends and I honestly did not even know that I was quote unquote pouring into her like we're talking about right now I had no idea I mean I was just her friend and so when she would talk to me about a guy or talk to me about drinking I was like oh like you ain't got to do that like we we ain't got to do that you know and so really it wasn't like I'm gonna I'm gonna disciple her you know like I'm gonna I'm gonna walk with her I'm she gonna be my no like that wasn't that wasn't how it was at all. Like, we were just, we were studying together, and, like, she would, like, pop an Adderall. I'm like, why are you doing that? You know, like, why, why, why? You know, like, well, let's just study together. You ain't got to do that. And so, I mean, there's just things like that that we just, we just, we just walked together. And she was my friend. And so, if you're, if you're, like, looking for, like, who's going to be my one? 
Like that's just, God's going to naturally bring that person to you if you are just loving people where they are. And she was a person that was just, God said, I said, I will never be her friend. And God said, watch. And I mean, we were just, we sat next to each other and we were, I mean, we just did life together. And so, um, so yeah, I think we check your heart. If you're trying to like, I'm going to disciple somebody, nobody wants that, you know, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, there is intentional discipleship if somebody asks you, but there's a difference between, let me just be this person's friend and I'm going to love them where they are. That's, that's kind of how that happened. So check your heart. That would be, the, you know, the little, the, that song. Yeah. Or am I just super old? But anyway. Uh, but yeah, so that, I mean, that was really where we were at. Um, we just did, just literally lived life together. She said, how did you navigate this conversation? <laughs> Terribly. Yeah. Uh, even like the sex conversation, I like die laughing thinking about it. I was like, we just don't, you know? And I just walked and we were walking back to our car and she's like, but why? Like, what is the point? Like, what, like, isn't that what you're supposed to do? Like, try it out first. I'm like, well, like, we love Jesus. And like, you're just like, ah. And you know, I mean, it's awkward. Like, I'm not going to lie, like talking about, and I even texted her the other day and I was like, do you remember that conversation? And she was like, no. Okay, like she like, but to me, like I remember that vividly. Okay, like it was so awkward, but like, but I mean, to the point where we were at, I was at her house, but like this guy was basically like, she was like his wife, I mean, like doing laundry for him. I'm like, what are you doing? You know, like that was where, but like, I was just like, why are, you know, let's just talk about this. Like he can do his own, you know, like, I mean, we were just, so, I mean, there's just so like that, that she just didn't know. Like, that's just what she did. Like we're in college, like we're dating, like this is what we're going to hang out all the time. I mean, that's just, and so horribly navigated it horribly. If I saw something, I'd be so tell me about this, you know, and I just would ask her, tell me about this, like, why do you, why are we doing that, and um, she would just be honest and say, I don't really know, like, that's just what we do, um, and so she, she was gonna see the light, and um, so Neely, that I was telling you about, she just had a baby, and uh, yeah, so sweet, I can't believe she's a mom, so cute, and I remember laying in the bed with her right before she got married last year, and uh, it was like our last sleepover, and I'd come to Atlanta, I was laying in the bed, and I told her, I was like, hey, thanks for never giving up on me. And she said, I knew you'd get it someday. That's just what she said. And that was the thing with Trish, is I was like, I knew you'd, I just knew she'd get it someday. And so that was kind of where, like, I, I'm just walking with you, I just love you, and I knew you'd get it someday. And so, I don't even know if I answered your question. I just answered all in stories. <laughs> She's like, yes, you're doing good. I'm like, thank you. I need the affirmation sometimes. <laughs> Any other questions? Seriously, anything is on the table. Where do you go now when things feel stale with the Lord? Where do I go now when things feel stale with the Lord? Yeah. Okay. I would say the word, even though that's like the most typical answer ever. But even whenever it feels stale, I'm in judges right now. Boo. Like, ew. Like, who wants to read judges? Okay. But like, I am painfully slow and so um and so but I know I've never read the Bible all the way through and so that's a huge goal of mine it doesn't have to be in a year because sometimes people make you feel like that like it's got to be in a year you know like hit this plan and I just can't feel like that I I will it will just I will be overcome with guilt and shame that I'm not where everybody else is and then I just stop reading and then I get paralyzed so at your own pace talk with the Lord 
Um, and then when you feel stale, share it with somebody. This person right here, I live with her, and she's my best friend. And so when I tell her, I'm like, she's like, you good? No, I'm actually not. And she's like, I know. Been known for about two weeks now, but I'm so glad <laughs> you're telling me. Like the other day, she's like, you're, you're, you seem sad. And I'm like, I am. You know, so, I mean, so people that really know you, I mean, like where are you at in your relationship with the Lord? It's not great right now. That's where I'm at, you know, but why, you know, I don't know. And so, I mean, just having those honest conversations, yes, taking it up with the Lord, being for real, for real with him, but then also people that know you, hey, you seem all fly. And then you're like, I don't know. Okay. And, but then it helps because you have people with you. So the word, um, I also really love worship music. So um, I just literally have had so many times in my car, in that parking lot, we're facing everybody else, like the cars that are coming on the street, and I just could not care less. And so I just turned the music up because, honestly, your car in college is the only place you can be by yourself. Let's just be real. You know what I mean? You live in a dorm. You got another person and 47 others. And then if you are – so the car was, is my one place. When I'm driving places or sitting in a parking lot, I just honestly kick my chair back, turn the music up, and worship in my car. So those are my biggest – yeah, there were no alone time places in college except my car. It's just the truth. <laughs> yes, awesome question. She said, did you go to all the date parties and stuff, um, even when you were in KD? The answer is yes, I did. Um, and I had the best time. <laughs> um, but it, I had people that went with me. And so, sorry, so I um, I think it was my junior year. I lived in the house, and I wanted to – it was a gold mine. I'm going to every single swap. I didn't know what I was wearing the day before, but I was going. Okay, and so I just had a friend that lived a door down, and we just went together. And so some of them, you know, some swaps are weird. So they're either, like, really fun or, like, this is boring. And so you kind of just figure it out, but you have the people that are going with you um, and doing that with you. And so the answer is yes. Um, Also, if people ask you, you're not drinking? Nope, I'm not. Nothing wrong with that. Like they, and if they're like, why? I just, you don't have to give them the long, well, Jesus loves me. And so there I, I'm going to fall into temptation. Like you don't have, you can just say, I just am not tonight. Is that okay? You know? And then they're like, oh, all right. For the most part, people just move on. Or if you put water in your hand, they're not going to ask as long as you got something in your hand. Those are just practical things. But I just love being with people. I love to dance. Like love it. It's like my favorite thing ever. And so I still did all that. Still went to all the date parties. Um, but I found kind of my few people that I, and some of my friends didn't go to date parties. Um, Neely dated a guy her senior year and she didn't go to any and that's her choice, you know, but I still found some of my people that were going. Um, I had a really good friend that was a Kayo. We went to so many things together. Um, and so if you're worried about the judgment, don't worry about the judgment. Just, uh, and I can say that like flippantly, but if you're with, if you're doing what God's called you to do and you're in a place where you're just dancing, having fun, that's all that matters. So is that helpful? Okay. <laughs> I did. I went to everything and I loved it. And I loved being with um, my, my friends and my sisters and the guys that I met and I got friends and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if that's helpful, but it's the truth. Thank you all for being here because I know you had to take your time. <laughs> um, yes. Thank you all so much. And you all can follow me on Instagram. I'll follow you back. I have one. Thank you. You know, I was so fascinated by Grace's story and her answers because and her energy, and her energy, yes, <laughs> no, because I have not walked a child through college, and my own personal college experience was very different than this. <laughs> there were no small groups back mm-hmm. then. There were no, you know, I, I went to Bible study, I went to Campus Crusade, I had these things, but. I love the way Grace talked about her experience in college and the way 
her life shifted and just how God grabbed her heart. It looks so different, I think, today. And so I enjoyed hearing every single Mm -hmm. bit of that, knowing that I've got three kids going to college in the next six years. Oh, yeah. The first time I heard Grace's story, as I was listening to it in my car, I thought, oh, I want to send this to my daughter who's in college. That was (laughs) kind of the first Mm -hmm. thing that that I thought of. But then when I listened to it again to prepare for our discussion— I mean, y'all, Grace and I had a lot of similarities in our walks with Christ. I mean, I grew up in a family that, I mean, we went to church, but really Easter, we went to church. And I had a friend, I had a Neely, her name was Amy, who introduced me to Andy Stanley when I was a senior in college. And it was the first time in my life that I heard somebody preach like Andy did, Mm -hmm. who made the Bible come alive and the characters in the Bible come alive. And I was like, okay, I can read the Bible. I can understand it. I mean, because before it was so stale to me. And so just Amy introducing me to Andy Stanley put me really on this, you know, spiritual journey that I walked through in my 20s that I still go back to in my 50s. And, you know, just also hearing Grace talk about the idea of, you know, redeeming love. That was just a concept that I didn't even understand until my 30s. And so I walked in, you know, shame and regrets of the past and, and not walking with God and thinking he'll never be able to use me. You know, one of the things that Grace spoke about was, you know, I would have never thought I would be in ministry. Well, I would say that right now. (laughs) I would never have thought I'd be in ministry. And God had different plans for me. And the thing, I just want someone out there to hear that it does not matter what your past holds. God works all things for good. Mm -hmm. And you need to hold on to that. Even those tiny details in the beginning where God used that pageant situation for her to meet the Freeman family, who really was the first glimpse to her of a family that lived by their faith. And and Debbie Freeman sharing Christ with her reminds me of the verse of just being prepared to share the hope Mm -hmm. that you've been given. Um, and, And just kind of a reminder as we're walking, you know, the the people that we're interacting with, you know, what are we showing them as the Walker family? And Katie, just like you, Grace was a lot like me in college. I had a Victoria Porterfield who (laughs) was a small group leader for Campus Crusade for Christ. And let's just say we lived on opposite ends of the sorority (laughs) dorm hall. Um, And you can maybe guess what that's about. But um, and so even though I might have been a girl that was on the front row of a band party Friday night in the front row of church Sunday. (laughs) Victoria, I just felt like, much like Neely, accepted me right where Mm. I was. And strangely, Victoria's daughter now rooms with my daughter. Oh, my gosh. Isn't God so sweet? That's so fun. I love it. It's been so wonderful just to reconnect with her and thank her for how she poured into me and didn't judge me. Yeah. You know, again, Uh and and just thankful for those people in your life. And I see that with my girls, even where they are, that Mm -hmm. they're in a small group and it really has made such a difference. You know, often when someone shares their story, they say, They'll tell you a little bit about their background and how they grew up, and then they'll get to college, and they're like, and then there was college, you know, and they don't even go into detail. They're like, we don't even need to talk about that. We'll just move to the next point. And that's why I'm so thankful for Grace's story Mm -hmm. is because she does talk about Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. That is her most recent past. Mm -hmm. And she is able to talk about what happened in college that so many of us kind of stick in a box to the side. Like, hey, that was the past. It was a train wreck of a season. College is a train wreck of a season, but it doesn't have to be. And there's so much redemption there and such a challenge, I think, to all of us 
to not throw that in the corner of shame. Oh, right. Absolutely. And as parents, let's not automatically assume that, oh, yeah, little Johnny's going to go to college. And you know what? We'll get him back in church when he's 25. Right. No, as parents, let's continue to walk with our kids and pour into them and remind them that they are not defined by mistakes and that God is a God of redemption. Yeah. And I'll just wrap everything up by saying, you know, one of the things that I thought was beautiful about Grace's redemption story is she paid it forward Mm -hmm. in her walk with Trish. And just especially in her answer that she gave um, to someone about how do you how do you navigate those waters of trying to be, quote unquote, the good Christian while walking with others who aren't. And she, you know, we're not don't go out there and just try to be their disciple, you know, be their friend and love them through that. I think that that was a good challenge to ask myself, am I being a Debbie to someone? Am I mentoring someone? Am I being a Neely to a friend? You know, and am I looking for a Trish in my life? Wow, yes. And we just want to we just want to encourage you to share this story. If you know someone that's in college, go ahead and click that share episode tab on the podcast and share this episode with a friend. It's the best way to encourage another person that may be struggling with their past. Thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you next week. Bye.